Hello, this is Ron Clark from Kairos Church Planting, and you are listening to the second season of the God of Second Chances podcast. I'm Ron Clark with Kairos Church Planting Support, and we are continuing in our series on the minor prophets in the Navim of the uh, Torah, the second section. And so I'm thankful that you've been with us for these two seasons. We're looking at this wonderful book, the book of Amos. We don't, we know actually that it was written uh, during the time of Uzziah, king of Judah, and Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, over the king of Israel. So we know that Israel has not been taken captive to Assyria, and Judah has not been taken captive to Babylon. We understand that Uzziah is a great, powerful king that has turned his back on God. Jeroboam obviously restores Israel, but continues uh, to disappoint God in his rejection and in his rebellion. We know that Amos is prophesying around the time of Hosea. So as Hosea is talking about Israel as an unfaithful wife, Amos is talking about Israel as a people who have become like their neighbors. It's interesting, the first two chapters of this book has very small prophecies uh, for three sins and four, or for three sins and four, for three sins and four. We find this in the Proverbs. It's a, a form of poetry for three sins and yet the fourth. So it's the idea that there were four sins, but the fourth is the worst. And what has happened? You begin to realize that the kingdoms around Israel have They've sold the poor for money. They have uh, given in to anger. They've created a system, a society of injustice. And even Israel, in chapter 2, verse 6, for three sins of Israel, even for four, I will not turn my back on my wrath. They sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. We understand that at this time, Jeroboam, the king of Israel, was expanding a lot of uh, building projects and homes. And many of these individuals up in the north country were building kind of like summer homes. And they were doing it at the expense of the poor. They had taken a lot of the money that was to be given to the poor to care for those who were vulnerable, and they were using it in these massive, beautiful building projects. And you see the descriptions of some of the homes as you read through Amos. And they're ornate. They're, they're decorated with ivory and with expensive things. The women are wearing expensive clothes, expensive earrings. It's almost like something that you would see in um, the United States, where we're building expensive houses and expensive projects at the expense of the poor. I had a doctoral student who was doing a dissertation in California on some of the lower income schools and and a project that they were using to reach a lot of the Latino students. And in his paper, he talked about some very popular celebrities who we may see on television or on talk shows who could look out across the highway and see these poor homes and these schools of poverty. And it's interesting, a few of them are actually willing to help those areas of poverty. Israel was very similar to the United States and maybe other countries. Or as 
a family from Portugal once told me, we don't understand why some of the church buildings are, are covered and decked in beautiful stones and gold, but outside of them there's poverty and people living on the streets and a gate around these churches. You see, Israel was not unlike many of us or many of our countries where the poor were being neglected and the poor were being dis dishonored. Even more, as it says in Amos chapter 2, verse 8, they lie down beside every altar on garments, garments taken in plague. In the house of their God, they drink wine taken with harlots. They've stolen from the poor. They've cheated people and they've worshipped idols. They've turned their back on God. Even in, in Amos chapter 5, verse 12, I know how many are your offenses and how great are your sins. You oppress the righteous. You take bribes. You deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent man keeps quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. And even later on, chapter 5. Let justice, verse 24, yet let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings 40 years in the desert, O house of Israel? You've lifted up the shrine of your king, the pedestal of your idols, the star of your God, which you make for yourself. I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord Yahweh, whose name is God Almighty. Throughout Amos, there is this plea. You turn justice into bitterness. You have robbed for people. You have turned your back on me. You have uh, neglected me. In chapter 4, over and over again, there's the repeated phrase, you do this, but you've not returned to me. You do this, but you've not returned to me. You do this, but you've not returned to me. You do this, but you've not returned to me. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. And then at the very end of chapter 4, Yahweh, Elohim, El Shaddai is his name. The Lord God Almighty. Think about that for a moment. The people of Israel had turned their back on God. They had perverted justice. They had cheated God. They had caused God to suffer. They had offered sacrifices with impure hearts and Yahweh was not even pleased with that. Yahweh was not impressed with that. In fact, in Amos chapter 7, when the prophet is warning the people, the king Amaziah says to Amos, get out, you seer, go back. Oh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the priest Amaziah, verse 12, says to Amos, get out, you, you seer, go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there. Do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel. Because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the king. Amos answered, I was neither a prophet nor prophet's son, but a shepherd. And I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the, Yahweh took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Hear the word of Yahweh, who say, Do not prophesy against Israel and stop preaching against the house of Ahaz. The prophet was driven out of this city because he brought a message of doom. Amos is a challenge. Often people say, I'm tired of the church because they're negative. I'm tired of religion because it's negative. I'm tired of reading the Bible because it's negative. And 
I can understand that. We do need positive in our lives. We need encouragement. But are there times when we maybe need to do self-examination? Often in our nation, whether it's Black Lives Matter or hashtag Me Too or many of the other injustices that are going on in our community, I have uh, individuals who say, I'm just tired of hearing about it. I don't think our kids should learn about all of our sins and all of our injustice and and the horrible slaughter of, of indigenous people in countries. I just think it's terrible to bring all that up. But isn't that what the Bible does? And when we say, I don't want to hear that anymore, aren't we saying what Amaziah the priest said to Amos? Go away. Don't tell me the truth. Don't tell us the truth. Don't give us a reason to self-reflect. The book of Amos is a challenge for us. Often we hear stories of injustice. We hear stories from a people who feel oppressed. We hear stories who try to from, from individuals who are trying to share with us their pain and maybe trying to share with us how they see we've hurt them. And our response is no different than this narrow-minded priest, Amaziah. Go away. Don't tell me the truth. I don't want to hear it. The book of Amos says that's not the way of God. The book of Amos says that we need to engage in self-reflection. And sometimes we need to hear the truth. That may have seemed a little overwhelming to have shared so much of Amos' prophecy. And I know maybe you heard this and thought, wow, do I need to listen to all this negativity? I'm, I'm trying to ask or get us to ask the question. Is it important to hear the truth? Do I want to hear the truth? Because sometimes, or maybe always, in hearing the truth, I can self-reflect. I can find a sense of hope. Or maybe I can see God. It's interesting that in Amos chapter 5, in the midst of all of this, this is going on, this is bad, change your ways, there's this, Beautiful statement, Amos 5, 5. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not seek Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will go into exile. Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek Yahweh and live. And again, in chapter 5, 14. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then Yahweh, God Almighty, will be with you. Just as you say, God is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps Yahweh El Shaddai will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. It's important to hear people's stories. It's important to hear the stories of the slaughter of indigenous peoples in other countries and in the United States. It's important to hear about the brutalities of slavery. It's important to hear about uh, uh, the... Uh, Black Lives Matter. It's important to hear hashtag Me Too and the stories of sexual assault. It's important to hear the struggles that, that men and women face, that children face. It's always important to hear the negative. Now, I know that we might say, well, I want to listen to negative language. There's a difference between listening to negativity and 
hearing the negative. Sometimes when we hear the negative, we find out, what have I done? How have I contributed to this? I, I am a white male individual in position of authority, in position of, of, of uh, privilege, and I recognize that. And I am thankful to the many women and men and children and young people and people of color and people who, uh, <coughs> who have represent minority and represent uh, oppressed groups and represent uh, gender minorities. And I, I am, am blessed because I have been able to sit down with them and hear their stories and hear their pain and hear their suffering and say to myself, I don't ever want to treat somebody like that. I don't ever want to be the cause of someone else's pain and suffering. And yes, I am thankful that our boys have gone to a public school where they've heard about the atrocities in our country and that they've been able to engage in a safe place, that language. I've had individuals tell me, that's not fair. We shouldn't be sharing those stories. I think we should, just like I think we should read the book of Amos and we should listen. Because the book of Amos challenges all of us. But the book of Amos also gives us hope. No matter what we've done, no matter what's happened, we want to seek God and know. And when we hear how our churches have hurt people, and when we hear how our congregations have, have committed atrocities, and when we hear how our, uh, our faith communities have ignored the pleas of the oppressed and children and women and victims and people who don't look like us or who don't believe the same thing. And when we hear that these communities have created that kind of pain, we put ourselves in, in here in the book of Amos. Are we like Amaziah who says, Amos, go away. Go tell that story to somebody else. Or are we the people who seek God are we the people who seek good rather than evil? Are we the people who hear and say, you know what? That's wrong. I want to be different. I want to do different. I want to be a different kind of leader. I want to be a different kind of minister. I want to be a different kind of neighbor. I want to be a different kind of friend. I want to be somebody who hears and who does not say, go away. Tell it to someone else. Wow, what a powerful message in the book of Amos. To drive away a prophet who was trying to bring hope. I love how the book of, of, uh, of Amos ends in chapter nine, 9, verses 11 through 15. There's this promise. Hey, there's a day coming, Yahweh says, when you're going to be okay. I'm going to bring you back home. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore David's fallen tent. I'll repair its broken places. This was a, a verse that was used later by James, the brother of Jesus, when they came. the apostles came together at Antioch in Acts 15 and realized that the church is to go global and the church is to reach Gentiles because God was always interested in restoring what was broken book of Amos has a powerful challenge for us. What are some of the things in our world today that you need to listen to? Who are some of the people that you need to sit and have a conversation with? 
I've often have friends say, I don't understand this Black Lives Matter. And I said, well, why don't you ask your black friends what they think? You know what the response is? Usually, I don't have any black friends. Well, there's your problem. You need to learn to listen. Or, well, he or she says it's okay. Well, did they say that it's okay because uh, they are surrounded by other white people and they don't feel safe? Or did they say that it's okay because they really felt safe? Maybe you should have a conversation like that. You see, listening often helps me to realize where injustice lies. And if it lies in my actions in my heart, I need to repent. If it lies in our society, then I need to be a person who is willing to be part of the change. You see, God tells his prophets, you need to go affect change. Do we drive the prophet away or do we listen? Only you can answer that question. I'm Ron Clark with the God of Second Chances podcast. And I want to encourage you to have a great week. Go in peace, love God, serve others, and remember the God of Second Chances. I'm Ron Clark from Kairos Church Planting and Support, and I want to thank you for listening to the God of Second Chances podcast. We've been in the midst of doing uh, some exciting things with uh, our discussions on YouTube on uh, bias, racism, and ministry. If you want to know more about that, you might want to check out our, our website uh, at agapecoc.com backslash, or hashtag, backslash podcast singular. We'll have links to that, uh, to those YouTube discussions. We've been enjoying those. Please feel free to email us at podcast at agapecoc.com, and we would be glad uh, to answer any of your questions. But for now, go in peace, love God, serve others, and remember the God of seconds.